Rising Star Podcast with your host, Kelly Hughes. On today's show, I'm going to be talking with Tim Snyder from Tim Snyder and Wolfgang Timber. They have a new song out called By Your Side. We're going to talk about that and much more. So welcome to the show, Tim. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Great to be here. You know, we've got so much to talk about. But one thing I have to say is you wrapped up a summer tour uh, for 2022. And I love the fact that your last date was in Quilcene, Washington. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, um, you know, we're we're a new band. So it's it's been kind of a wild ride and um, in terms of, of how things have, have happened and, and un- unfolded. Um, but, uh, we've been really lucky to, to, you know, be able to be out on the road and, and have lots of shows and opportunities. And, uh, yeah, cool scene. We did a festival up there called departure fest and, um, it was a lot of fun. Good time. Excellent. I, I had to say that because I'm near there. I'm, I'm near Seattle, but kind of between cool scene and Seattle. So I'm just oh, man. Thr- thrilled that someone played in cool scene. It's such a beautiful part of the world. Oh my gosh. You know, um, it, it, we were, you know, we were just really enjoying our time up there, spent a lot of time in, in nature, walking around and checking out all the things. Um, we went up to, uh, Port Townsend and checked out that and, and, um, you know, saw some of those bunkers up there that were really cool and, um, just, yeah, it was just really neat. One of the things I love about touring is just when you get a day off to just kind of explore areas and that's such a beautiful part of the world. Excellent. Well, it really makes sense with your style of music that you'd play in, you know, these kind of woodsy outdoor areas. <laughs> um, I, what do you call your genre? You're kind, you're kind of folk, but you're more than folk. Yeah. You know, it's a, something this artists always struggle with. Right. Um, but I think what we, what we call um, our genre is folk rock. Um, but I would say with a lot of world influence um, and, you know, um, at the front of it, you have a, a barefooted uh, violinist. So, um, you know, a little unique in that sense. But um, I've, I've been blessed to travel around the world and kind of experience, you know, lots of different cultures and styles of music. And, and it's definitely influenced, you know, um, what I've been able to do. Sorry, my daughter just showed up. Hi, Inez. Hey, Ines. <laughs> She's giving me a hug. Uh, excellent. I love you, girl. Bye-bye. <laughs> well, that's very sweet. Looks like you have a lifetime fan there. Oh, so, yeah. She's the best. So tell me, uh, you've played with so many other bands. You know, you've paid your dues. You've traveled the world. How did you land with Wolfgang Timber, and how did all this come about? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a funny thing I, I grew up in reno nevada it's my hometown and uh kind of couldn't wait to leave you know um wanted to see what was out, else out there in the world and lived a lot of places played with a lot of different groups and um <clears throat> my wife uh, is from sao paulo brazil and we decided to move back to reno um, to raise our daughter near family um and i kind of you know at that time, I was playing with Not Going Medicine for the People, and we were touring all over the world. And at, at that point, I just needed to get to an air, air, you know, an airport to hop on the hop on the bus and do the thing. Um, so it didn't, you know, didn't really matter where we lived. But 
I had no idea that, you know, coming back to Reno, I, I would end up finding the band, the the type of players, the type of dudes um, that that I was that that I found. And pretty much the band came together because of COVID. Um, you know, everything had kind of fallen apart and we were, you know, trying struggling with, with all the things, all the feelings of, you know, I had some depression during that time to be honest. Um, and, you know, felt like I'd put so much time in, like you said, and kind of felt like I'd finally made it to the major leagues, if you will. And, and then the rug got pulled out from under me and, and it was just a really hard time. Um, and then I, you know, I was struggling with just being present with my family and, and all these things. And, you know, wasn't feeling creative, didn't have, uh, didn't have, you know, that spark. And, and then when I was able to finally pull myself out of that and realize that, you know, I, you know, I kept doing the thing I think a lot of us do where we, you know, I, sh- I man, I, sh- I should have been on tour today. Or I should have been playing Red Rocks today. Or I should have, should have, should have, should have. And then once I was able to kind of say like, no, man, I'm, I should be here with my family. And this is a gift and, and this is an amazing time. Um, and I should, I should be treasuring this. Um, I kind of, you know, shifted my focus. And then at that point, um, you know, I remembered, you know, some, some friends that I had in town and, you know, wanted to start playing music again. So I called up Zach Tran, our bass player. And, uh, from there, you know, he, he invited the drummer Miguel Jimenez Cruz, who I, I didn't know very well at the time. Um, but we got together and started jamming and, and I was kind of just blown away. Excellent. So by your side, very outdoorsy, you know, life affirming video. Uh, how did the video come about? Yeah. So I wrote that song for my wife. Um, and I didn't really even, you know, at first I wasn't even going to put the song out. So I just, I just wanted to write a nice song for her, for her birthday. And, um, you know, we ended up re- recording it. The guys really liked the song and, um, the video kind of came together in a pretty wild way. Um, we, we had a little bit of trouble with, with different things. Our, our original, um, uh, videographer, um, you know, kind of fell off, uh, at a contact, um, you know, weeks before we were supposed to shoot. And we, you know, we didn't, you know, we had a game plan that was very different than what, what ended up coming about. And, you know, strangely enough, um, when we were up in Washington on that run that, uh, that we ended in quill scene, we played a, a private event and met a photographer, videographer, Tiana. And, um, you know, just kind of, as soon as I met her, I was like, oh man, she's the, she's the one to do this video. So, it, you know, it just kind of seemed to fall in line and, and, um, we, we asked her if she'd do it and she did. So we flew her down to Reno where the band lives and, and, uh, you know, kind of scouted out locations and we wanted to do something outdoors cause the, the song just kind of felt, you know, like, like it, it called for that. And, um, and it all just kind of fell in place. Excellent. Yeah. It really has an impact. And, don't you think people are looking for more feel-good music? I mean, you guys have a big range. You know, you're not happy, happy all the time. But <laughs> but sometimes, you know, the world is so cynical. It's like we need more positive music. I, I Yes, I think 100%. I mean, you know, it's it's a really... I always say it's a wild time to be a human, but, I, I you know, it, it really is. I feel like 
you know, there's more division than ever um, politically and, and just around the world. And, you know, I, I have to be an optimist because if we're not, what's the point, you know? Um, and I and I do believe that, you know, it's it's easy to get wrapped up in, in all the things. And, and of course, you know, we need to we need to fight and, and make change and, and um, you know, stand up for what needs to be stood up for and and all those things. But at the same time, like what's what's the reason for doing that? And the reason for doing that is is love and family and friends and, and, and that kind of thing. And I think that needs to be celebrated a little bit more. I think we're bombarded with bad news all the time, you know, um, and, and, it, and it really wears, wears us down. And, and, um, you know, I think change comes from, from, from within. And, uh, if we can all have a little bit more love in our lives, I think things would just naturally turn themselves around. That's a crucial time in an artist's life when, you know, you get married, you start having kids, get a little more settled down, you know, yeah. what is, what does that do, you know, to you musically, especially, when you're in a band, <laughs> you know, there's a lot to that. Um, the, the one thing, you know, when I'm at home and I'm, I'm working on, on recording and records and stuff, it, it's been a major shift for me because, it, you know, pre kids and pre all that, I would just, whenever I got inspiration, I would just lock myself in a room in a studio and, and I wouldn't let myself out till the song was finished, you know? Um, and sometimes I would play, record, work on a song all night or for a couple of days and hardly sleep, you know, and then you can't really do that with a family. And so learning to kind of create in a nine to five window when I'm home has been, has been a very different experience and, and a bit of a challenge, but, um, you know, I'm starting to be able to wrap my head around it. The other part of it is the, the touring life, you know, and, uh, I remember when when we first found out we were having uh, our daughter, um, I, you know, I was a little nervous about being able to balance family life and and um, and and tour life and and all of that. Um, and I was talking to I got to meet one of my musical heroes, John Butler, and we were hanging out. And you know, he has kids and he's done the thing. And I was just kind of having this conversation with him about it. You know, just kind of vocalizing my fears around it, and he told me something that stuck with me. He said, "You know, if you give up on your dreams for your kids, what are you teaching your kids?" You know, and so ah, okay. So for me, it's it's been how do I how do I balance, uh, you know, tour life, family life, all these things, and and kind of make them cohesive and and not not have them be separate. Um, because it's a challenge, you know, it really is. And, and, um, you know, it's an age old story. So, um, trying to, to redefine it and, uh, you know, step up to the challenge and do the best we can. Isn't part of it as a young artist, we never think we're going to get old. Oh yeah. One hundred percent, man. You know, and I think, I think not even as an artist, I think just as humans, like, you know, in your your younger years, you just you think you're invincible. You think it's you know it's going to go forever. And um, you know, I, I think thankfully, man, I I'm I'm really thankful that you know I'm a I'm a musician and, and not like an athlete. You know, because I have a lot of athlete friends, um, and that's even more wild to me because their their career and their window is is so short. You know, and and not that ours isn't, but it's a lot longer and we have a, long, a lot more longevity with music. And, and, you know, one of my heroes is 
Stefan Grappelli, and and I, I remember watching videos of him, you know, in his 80s, just tearing up the violin, and 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 that to me is is my dream. I just I want to be able to keep playing music till my last days, you know. Well, when you're doing rock and pop, that, that's so youth oriented. Yeah. When you you lean a little more to like words like folk and Americana, they, they seem to honor their elder statesmen a little bit more. Yeah. Yes, I think so. I think it's shifting as well, you know, in, in terms of rock and, and that kind of thing. And, you know, I, you know, how many old rockers are out there still doing it? And it's, it's pretty awesome to see, you know. Um, but I think, yeah, I think rock, you know, back in the day was, was a young, young person's game. And I feel like that's shifting. And, and I think like, you know, um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I, I don't like to make too many predictions in life, but, um, you know, I, at the, at the same time, I, I don't ever like to limit myself and, and, and think like, um, you know, I'm going to do this style of music or I'm going to do that style of music. I, for me, the music kind of shows up how it shows up. And, and my job is to just do my best to, to give it life. And, um, if it ends up being rock or, or folk or whatever, um, I'm into it. So, well, you really stand out with your violin and, I think with Americana, you know, the violins making a comeback, or or maybe, mm. maybe you need to call it the fiddle now, nah. Depend, depending <laughs> on what uh, venue you play at, and even you know the country roots uh, movement right now, people seem to just appreciate some good traditional fiddle playing. Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, it's been around forever, man. I mean, I so we just we just were down in Phoenix, Arizona. Um we played a show at this uh, place called the the MIM, the Musical Instrument Museum. And I don't know if you've ever heard of it or been there, but um it it was incredible. There's, you know, musical instruments from around the world, thousands and thousands of them. And I I was blown away to see that in every part of the world um throughout time there's been versions of violin you know and 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 folk folk music in in africa and in asia and uh you know latin america and, and everywhere and it kind of just blew my mind i you know i i didn't really put all of that together you know some of it i knew about of course but um i i think that i think that good music just endures uh, the test of time and songwriting and storytelling endures the test of time and as long as those elements are there like you know um it, it'll be there and, and for me the violin is just such a special instrument you know it, it, it i think it really pulls on our heartstrings it's it's to me it's one of the most i think it's the closest instrument to the human voice you know and for me it's it's been a voice um you know i was a was a pretty introverted kid who played in the sandbox by himself, you know, a lot. And, and the violin was the way for me to kind of say things that I couldn't say with words. So, and when, um, you, and when you play, you, you tend to shred your horse hair on your bow. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. You know, I, I had a, I was raised playing classical violin and, and I'm, I'm sure my, my teachers, if they saw the way I play, they would, they would <laughs> it would scold me a bit about it, um, but I, I, I kind of something seems to happen when I when I really get into it. Um, I, I kind of go somewhere else, and I and 
And then what takes over on my body, I, I don't, I feel like I don't really have much control over, you know, you take a violin out of my hands and, and, or an instrument out of my hands and, and I'm not a dancer, I won't dance, but you put one in my hands and I can't stop moving. You know, when I was in orchestra, they, you know, they, they used to kind of like tell me I needed to chill out because I was going to, you know, poke the guy next to me with my bow. <laughs> like, um, no. I just, I can't music just moves my body and I, I can't stop it from happening. And, and then when the music gets intense, I just, I really dig in and, you know, it's, it's, it's just kind of a bad habit to be honest. Um, but I, I can't help it. Did you watch a lot of, uh, Jean-Luc Ponty videos? Oh, definitely, man. Um, he, yeah. So I think my first, my first introduction to, to violin outside of, um, classical music was was uh stefan Gapelli and he, he's always you know the top for me but um but jean-luc is, is a close second and uh you know a lot of the 70s fusion stuff that he was doing and you know guys like uh you know jerry goodman were doing and a lot of this stuff um you know it's so cool and i i remember hearing you know electric violin with some distortion on it for the first time and going whoa you know like that's possible and and then, you know, he really opened the door and, and you know, for me in terms of, of, of thinking outside the box and, and, and kind of thinking about what's possible with that instrument, you know. Well, besides violin, you play guitar, uh, you're a vocalist, but you're also known for this thing called, called the loop pedal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So for me, I, I love I love all, you know, different musical instruments, guitar, songwriting. I love just everything about it. Uh, to me, music is is telling stories and, and communicating in that way. Um, and whatever the instrument is, you know, is, is kind of secondary to, to, to what's behind it. And uh, the, the, I feel the same way about looping. You know, um, I think the loop pedal is, you know, it's it's a really the technology has come so far and it's been really cool to see um how we continue to integrate technology and music you know um and looping it you know became a, a great tool for me to improvise on the fly um you know i i'm a i've always heard music when i hear songs i don't i don't hear like one thing at a time i kind of hear the whole thing um and and for me to you know, the first time I got on a loop pedal, I, I think I blacked out like it was day, <laughs> it was daytime. And then the next thing I knew, it was like really late at night and, and the time just had flew by. And I was just ecstatic to have something that was that quick at, at you know, being able to get my ideas out and get the harmonies out and, and kind of build tracks layer by layer. And then to be able to do that in a live way in front of people is just is really cool. In a nutshell, what exactly does a loop pedal do? It's basically like having a little recording studio at your foot. Um, you, you know, these days they do so much, um, but the, the, traditionally, you know, it's it's just you hit the button, it starts recording, you hit the button again, and it loops back what you just played. So if you were to choose a phrase like a four-bar phrase or eight-bar phrase or whatever. Um, you know, you start it and then you stop it and then it just keeps looping back and then you can overdub so you can record on top of that and you can just stack these layers one by one. Um, and that's, you know, that's the, the, the basic understanding of it. And it's, it's become a lot more complex with, 
you know, different machines being able to do different loops, different banks of loops. And so then, you know, the, 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 the looper I use currently is the RC 600 from boss and it has actually has six different loop pedals in the same machine that all can sync to each other. So what's cool about that is it gives you so much more arrangement possibilities where I can loop a violin idea and, and kind of stack some layers there. And then I can move over to the next loop and do more percussion ideas. And then I can move to the next one and do, you know, guitar and rhythm ideas. And then I can bring them in and out and stop them and start them at different times and, and really not get stuck to just the same thing playing over and over. I can bring things in and out and, and kind of build arrangements that way. And um, it's, it's pretty cool. How does the rest of the band interact to, to those loops? Yeah, um, you know, it. I, I like I said before, I got so lucky with this group. Um, everyone is is such good players. The the di difficulty of of a band playing with loops is once the loop is set, it it becomes the time. It's the drummer, you know, and it takes it takes us it takes certain types of musicians to to really be able to lock in with that and and listen to that, uh, especially drummers, um, you know. And I know some incredible drummers that have a hard time playing to loops. And um, Miguel is just one of the best drummers I've ever played with. Um, and he listens so well and, and the whole group listens so well. So, uh, you know, it's it's pretty cool. Um, you know, w when the whole band is playing, I, I do loop a lot less than if it was just me solo, obviously. Um, you know, I don't need to loop drum parts as much. I don't need to loop bass parts as much um, because they're there. Um, but what I do end up doing is is doing a lot of string arrangements and and um, you know I'll loop guitar as well so I can put that down and and jump on the the fiddle. <laughs> exactly. Well, when you guys are playing live, what kind of experience do you like to give your audience? You know, I just I I love performing so much. Um, I love connecting with people, and um, you know I think the experience changes. Um, but I, I like to take people on a journey, you know. Um, uh, I think we we have a lot of dynamics in the group, and, and and within the group, everyone plays lots of different instruments. Our our guitar player plays, you know, a lot a lot of things. He's he's an incredible flute uh, flute player, flautist. Um, and you know, we have uh, you know Zach plays uh, upright bass and electric bass, and uh, you know, it's a pretty versatile group, and and we like to kind of i don't like being stuck into one thing so we we like to rock out we like to you know we like to tell stories we like to you know um connect with the audience however that they're they're willing to connect with us and and um you know i i feel like live music is, is such an exchange of energy you know and uh you know no matter what we give everything we have and and when we get that energy back from the audience then and that's when the magic really happens and, and it just kind of escalates beyond what we're capable of, you know. So after seeing your video, you know, out in the field and then hearing about you playing the Departure Festival, I can, I can only picture you playing outdoors now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah, so... You know, years ago, before, you know, pre-family and, and everything, I, I lived in a van. I lived in a Sprinter van, and I would just, uh, up and down the West Coast, just kind of, you know, spend time in the woods, spend time on the coast, surf, and, and then I'd go into cities and, 
you know, play indoors and, and do the thing um, to make money so I could go hide out in the woods and surf on the coast, you know. Um, I, I do love, I do love nature. I do love being outside and, and I'm a barefoot person. I always perform barefoot. Um, you know, would, it's, 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 it's funny cause you know, sometimes you're in clubs and, and things on the floors are, are pretty gross, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, I, I can't, I can't perform. I don't know something about just restricting my feet. I feel like I can't really get into it. Um, so much emotion that seems to come from my feet and, and, um, you know, I, I do prefer I, I prefer playing outdoors hands down. Um, but you know what I what I do love sometimes too is you know we I think we were playing in Cincinnati and we were at this little club and uh, you know I have a song about called the Traveling Man about you know um, a song about being barefoot and a dream that I had and all this stuff and you know I, we started playing the song and people just started taking their shoes off in in the middle of the club and I was <laughs> I was kind of blown away you know um, so. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's funny you say that, but um, I definitely that's pretty, that's pretty I, I powerful when you can get people to spontaneously take their shoes off. Yeah, yeah, it's a good thing, and you know, um, there's a there's a story, and it's it's a long one, so I'll, I'll keep it short. But ab about that song, I you know, uh, I was I was actually touring in Berlin with a, an artist, um, a singer songwriter, and, and it was the first nice day of spring, and we were in downtown Berlin and I said, I don't care that I'm in a major city. I'm, I'm running around barefoot. It's time. And, uh, you know, being a barefoot person, you meet a lot of other barefoot people. <laughs> and I met this girl, um, it, randomly just that day, uh, who she came up to me and she said, I love that you're barefoot. And, and we got in this whole conversation about it. And she was a Jewish girl from New York and told me about how in the old Testament, the first thing God ever said to Moses was take off your shoes, you know, um, and, and she was telling me about how it was so much more than the simple act of taking off your shoes. It had everything to do with being present in the moment and, and letting go of your burdens and realizing that this is holy ground. And it was a whole thing that I, I didn't really know. And she kind of schooled me on it. And, um, so, so yes, I think it is a very powerful thing, you know? Interesting. What, see, that's a good icebreaker. Yeah. <laughs> Part of the thing about being a performer, you know, is, is trying to, to tear down that, at least for me, is trying to tear down that fifth wall that seems to happen between a stage and an audience, you know. Um, and, and sometimes I feel like we are more successful that, at that than others. And, um, you know, I mean, really, you know, we, we travel long distances to, to connect with people. And, and um, you know, you know, it's it's kind of like you're on a on a first date a lot of the times. You know, you're on a blind date and you're just trying to cut, you know, break the ice and and kind of bring people into your world and and um so, you know, it's useful. Nice. Well, since your summer tour, I see you have been playing dates this fall and very excited to hear that you're coming back to the Pacific Northwest and yes. you're doing a date at the High Dive in Seattle's Fremont neighborhood. Yes. Very excited. I uh, love Seattle. Uh, I lived in Portland for a very long time and played with lots of bands up in the Seattle area as well. So it uh, kind of feels like like a bit of a homecoming. What is that? on? Is that December 3rd you're coming to Seattle? December 3rd? Yep. And then December 4th in Portland. Yep. You see now, you know, I get the outdoor thing with you. Now with Fremont, that's kind of the earthier neighborhood. Mm -hmm. uh, which you'd probably like they do a, a parade every year, the Fremont parade where 
where they have the the nude cyclists. Oh yeah, they used to do that in Portland as well. I remember. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> I guess you're you're only a, a nudist from the ankles down. <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, you know, with a wife and a kid, uh, yes, these days, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I, I have to show off uh, some of your other accomplishments. I saw that you did a TEDx talk, mm-hmm. which I, I think is so fascinating. I'm always curious, how, how do you get invited to do a TEDx talk? I don't even know. Um, yeah, <laughs> I wish I knew. You know, half the time, I don't know how any of any of this happens. Um, you know, uh, I, I I just kind of subscribe to the, you know, do what you love and, and things things will come um, kind of philosophy. So, um, you know, I have a I have a wonderful agent uh, and, a, and a manager now. But when when that TEDx thing came around, I, I don't think I had a manager or, or an agent at that time. Um, just word, word, word of mouth. Somebody suggested me and. They invited me, yeah. And it was very different than most TEDx talks because uh, a lot of it was just you uh, played your violin for everyone. Yeah, yeah. I just, you know, I, I like to let the music do the talking. I mean, obviously, I'm a talker. Um, it, but, you know, um, music can kind of say more than I can, I can manage, you know. So I try to leave it at that. You know, sometimes I, I think the experiential thing speaks more powerfully than to hear someone talk nonstop for 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't you think with your music, I mean, just one well-crafted three-minute song can say more to people because, you know, you're appealing to them on, on many levels, not just intellectually. Absolutely. I think, you know, one of the things that's so cool to, to witness is just, you know, I might write a song with an intention or, or a story that I'm trying to tell and, you know, uh, how someone else hears it or, or how they relate it to their experiences that they've had is going to be so different than the next person. And and, and um, I think art is, is just really beautiful that way. It leaves a lot up in the air in terms of you know the the way people perceive it and um what it's what it speaks to them and and i think you know some of my favorite songs um or even some of you know i often feel like a lot of the times the songs that that i end up writing are 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 mostly for me you know um i i find it's it's really a wild thing when you write a song and then years later you're playing it and you finally get what it's about you know and and you didn't know that that was what it was about when you when you wrote it in the first place. And so, I think you know, art can meet us where we're at, and and as we grow and as we have different experiences, it it takes on new meanings, um, and we have different understanding around it, which is which is just beautiful. Well, hold that thought. Uh, we're gonna wrap up soon, but before we do, uh, I want people to know you know where they can hear your music, what social media you hang out on. You know, mm. where where can they get a crash course on Tim Snyder and Wolfgang Timber? Yeah, the best place to go is our website, timsnydermusic.com. Um, I, you know, I'm on all the socials. Recently, uh, our social accounts got hacked. What? So, yeah, it's been a it's been a wild thing. But um, I lost my Instagram and 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 uh, Facebook accounts. 
there is a there's a Tim Snyder and Wolfgang Timber Facebook account there that is the the hackers have control over, which isn't us, um, which is really concerning. But uh, Facebook doesn't seem to care. Um, so <laughs> we're back on socials under the new name official Tim Snyder on on Instagram and and Facebook, and we would love for you guys to give us a follow there and and um, you know kind of you know, join us in, in our, in our journey that way. Um, uh, but yeah, it's been a wild ride. And, and, um, I think the, the most trusty, you know, trusted thing is, is the, is our website. And, uh, we have an email list there that you can join as well. And we'll, you know, do our best to let you know what we're, what we're up to. I guess, you know, you've arrived when your social media gets hacked. I guess so, man. It's, it was so wild, you know, um, you know, you spend years, you know, trying to, curate and build build something like that up to just let people know what you're doing and 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 then it all can go away in an instant and what's also wild about that is is you know I didn't realize and I don't think you would realize and unless it happens to you how much personal stuff is there as well that you lose you know of photos and videos that I don't know if I'll ever have access to that documented my life for years you know um so it's pretty wild and it and it impacted me more than I thought it would um, in, in that way. But, you know, we move on and upwards, and, and so we're starting again. And, you know, maybe by some miracle someday we'll get those accounts back. But uh, if not, like, it's all good, you know. I guess you'll just have to shell out some bucks for that Twitter blue check verification. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I was verified on the, the old uh accounts um and i'm not verified anymore but i don't even know how it became verified in the first place so like i said Crazy. I, I don't I, know I guess... how any of that works i'm not i'm not gonna buy a verification that's silly there you go <laughs> it's just, when did life get so complicated i know man yeah. well to, to wrap up i i want to talk about this challenge you made for by your side mm. where you have asked people to I, I'm guessing, like you know, how are they interpreting it? Like you know, who are the important people in their life? You know, who yeah. are the people that have stuck by their side? And I guess they've been like sending you video footage. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. Um, people sent us video footage, and we we um, we weren't able to put all of the video submissions into the actual video that we put out, but um, a lot of them we we did throw in there, and it was it was cool, man. It was really neat to see. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of videos of people with their their you know their their uh, um, four-legged companions or um, and and uh, people with their family and friends and it was it was it was cool you know we also in that video um, we had some footage from uh, my wife and I's wedding in 2016 and we threw some of that in there as well and and it was really neat to just see you know and and kind of remember those personal moments alongside other people's personal moments. And, um, you know, I thought it was, it was really sweet. And, um, I got a lot of, you know, had a lot of, a lot of smiles from, from the videos we received. So it's very daring because you never know what people will send into you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the one, the one thing that, uh, a lot of people, you know, we asked for videos and a lot of people sent photos or like a photo reel. Um, so we couldn't use that. Um, but you know, no one sent anything weird. Um, and it was all really, really sweet and personal. And, and I think, you know, we have a, 
we really love our fan base and, and the people who, who gravitate towards our music, you know, um, uh, you know, we have a good relationship with all that. So, uh, yeah, it was cool. Nice. I, I, I guess I, I'm the type that would secretly hope I'd get at least one really weird. <laughs> yeah, I was, I mean, it's a thought that crossed my mind for sure, but uh, I can't say that we got anything too, too out there. So is that the kind of relationship you have with your fans? Because, you know, when you put out something like that, you think, oh, you know, is anyone going to respond? Seems yeah. like you got a lot of responses. So you must have a pretty strong fan base there. I, I think so. You know, um, uh, you know, I throughout the years and the different the different projects I've been in, you know, and the different things I've toured, I, I I've always done my best to to just, you know, take time and, and talk to to anybody who wanted to talk and 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 get to know people as best I can. I I really do enjoy hearing people's stories and 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 um you know, learning about, you know, all the different ways people live and 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 different perspectives and um and so, you know, I I feel like it's been really cool. Um I've made a lot of friends through music and and uh, met a lot of people and and um pretty pretty blessed from all of it. It's it's just widened my perspective on on life and and um yeah. So, so I guess my question is, give you the last word here, Tim. So you made this great song by your side, you know, uh, very loving and sentimental and, you know, makes everyone feel great. And you've got, you know, your wife, kid, you're kind of settling into this middle age groove. Mm. Middle age. You still <laughs> But, but as an artist, as a musician, you know, you've got this great, you know, sentimental side. My question is, how are you going to, as you, you know, get older, how do you keep that fire in your belly? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, maybe Wim Hof is, is a good answer. You know, cold is water. That the, is that the guy that, yeah, dunks himself <laughs> in ice water? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. You know, <laughs> no, I just, I think, I think for, you know, my answer is not too far from that. I, I, I've always managed to throughout my life, put myself in, in, in positions where I feel slightly uncomfortable, you know, um, as a young kid, uh, I, I did a lot of, you know, did a lot of extreme snowboarding and skateboarding and surfing and, and things, you know, where sometimes I, I feel like I'm lucky to still be here. Um, but those experiences taught me so much and, and music is, is, is the same. Um, you know, growing up as a classical musician, I was terrified to improvise, man. Um, as a lot of classical musicians are. And, and once I got a taste for it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. So I've, I've, I've all, I've often put myself in, in, you know, thrown myself in jam sessions where I was over in over my head and, you know, sink or swim kind of thing. And, and I, you know, I didn't swim all the time. Um, but I, I find that putting yourself in uncomfortable situations is, is how you grow and how you keep that fire alive. And, and you know, you, you realize more of what you're capable of. And so, um, you know, I, I think as we get older, the tendency is to, yeah, kind of settle down and stop taking risks. But um, I, I don't want to do that. So I'm going to keep taking risks and I'm going to keep uh, pushing boundaries for myself and, and, and get as much out of this life as I can, you know. Well, since you already like to be barefoot, maybe you could do that 
Tony Robbins thing where you run on hot coals in your bare feet? <laughs> Maybe, man. I never say never. So uh, <laughs> I can't imagine doing that. But, you know, I don't know. Wilder, wilder things have happened in my life. So, Well, uh, to, to give you doubly the last word. So especially to your fans, you know, who have shared so much with the know by your side challenge and shared you know so much of you know their personal lives uh you know what's a little uh a little preview like when you're going to come to their town and play for them you know what's just a little special word you'd like to shout out to them well i think a lot of people who come come to see us kind of know already but you know i think you know what I like to leave people with is just a feeling that like, Hey, we're all in this together. You know, um, uh, we're all going through a human experience, you know, and, and it's different, but at the same time, there's, there's something that connects us. And I think music connects us and it's, it's where we find our allies and where we find, you know, our people. Um, and, and, uh, you know, just to, just to not be afraid to, to put yourself out there and connect with people because generally we all want the same things out of life. And, and it's, it, it is a wild thing these days, you know, the world seems scarier than it used to. And, and I'm sure it'll keep being that way, but the antidote is, 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 uh, connection and, and music and, and, um, and, uh, people getting together and, and having a good time and being, being a little vulnerable, you know? Um, and I think vulnerability is, is one of our biggest strengths. So, yeah, you know, um, take a risk, come see us, come hang out, It'll be fun. <laughs> well, his name is Tim Snyder. The band is Wolfgang Timber. The current single is By Your Side. And hey, uh, you know, I think it's great you're coming back to the Northwest. High dive in Seattle on December 3rd. And just promise me when you're playing there in Fremont, you will just loop pedal the heck out of those people. <laughs> All right, Kelly, you got it. I'll do it. <laughs> this has been the Rising Star Podcast with your host, Kelly Hughes.